Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Well, you are listening to Spotlight on the Sound, and my name is Adrian Tijerina, joining you on Fridays after the Georgine Rice Show, bringing you some information about what's happening here in the Seattle area. I am joined by a great new friend of mine, and I'm so excited to have him here in the studio. Pastor Doit is from Epiphany, Seattle, a church that you're going to want to know about because they have some great music that's coming up. We're going to talk all about it today, but Pastor Doit, I thank you so much for coming into the studio with me today. Adrian, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, you know, there's so many great uh, churches here in the Seattle area, and one thing I love about Epiphany, Seattle, is your focus on... um, just this great music ministry. We're right. going to hear all about that, including some tours that you guys have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get there, brother, I just wanted to to talk with you a little bit about your ministry there at Epiphany Seattle. Uh, for you as a pastor, uh, what's been your greatest joys in, in stepping into the pastorate here in the Seattle area? If you could just talk about your journey, sure. uh, that'd be great. Sure. Well, uh, I've, I've been there since 2008. Uh, and when I arrived at Epiphany, it is a church that's been around for a long time by Seattle standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the Madrona neighborhood. And in 1907, uh, as Seattle was growing and people were moving and, and they were sort of moving out of the downtown area and up into the suburbs by the lake, mm-hmm. uh, Madrona's off Lake Washington on the west side of the lake, uh, they, they looked around and they, they said, geez, we're missing something in this neighborhood. And what they determined pretty quickly was they were, they were missing their spiritual center of gravity, a place where the community could gather and they could pray. And so uh, some neighbors gave a piece of property and some other neighbors helped build the church. And in 1911, Epiphany was erected there as an Episcopal church in mm-hmm. the neighborhood. And so uh, from there, you know, the community was built and grew and developed and uh, and a school was built around that, uh, which we're affiliated with, though we'd no longer run. Um, and everything happened in the community, dance lessons, right, and scout. Mm-hmm. I think one of the early scout troops is situated at Epiphany. Mm-hmm. But also it's where they came to pray. Mm-hmm. It's where they came to celebrate those important points in life, birth, baptism, a marriage, a death, the things that we continue to do. But also... Um, it evolved as a spiritual center of gravity. I, I like to call it a spiritual gym mm-hmm. because worship is a spiritual exercise. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say it's like, it's like going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you pick up a barbell and, and you lift it with your left arm and you do it every other day for a year, mm-hmm. what happens to your arm? Mm. It gets bigger. Mm-hmm. What if you don't believe it's going to get bigger? Mm-hmm still gets bigger. True. Spiritual mm-hmm. exercises are exactly the same way. Huh. Right? So when you go to church, it's an exercise that forms you over time. Yeah. And you probably know Adrian because you've met him along the way. I know it's true for me that when I meet folks that have been going to Epiphany or any church mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, over time, they're changed by the experience. Yeah. And they grow into that person God created them to be. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about Epiphany, one of the many things I love, is we have people that uh, were born in the neighborhood and have been going to this church for 85 years. Mm-hmm. 
we also have a lot of new people. Mm -hmm. Being a priest, a pastor in the city of Seattle is incredibly interesting Mm -hmm. because people in this city Mm -hmm. who decide to go to church make the intentional decision to do so. Yeah. Right? There's some parts of the country where uh, everybody goes to church or a lot of people go to church. It's Uh just part of the culture of the place. People here, uh, they're demanding of their religion. Mm -hmm. They want to know about Jesus. Mm -hmm. They want to know how he changes their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for me, that's incredibly invigorating because Mm -hmm. of the questions that are asked, because of the way in which they go into the Bible and want to hear what the good word is coming out towards them. Mm -hmm. So I love that about Seattle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the sort of committed, invigorating sense of what it means to be a Christian here. I just love the way that you even phrase that because I do think of our faith as things that we need we need to exercise, you know, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to listening or meditation or even things as simple as reading the scriptures. You know, these are things that we uh, we engage with the divine. <laughs> we step into that space that's somewhat unknowable, but we come to know it and we grow. And not only that, but I love the way you even phrase what church is, that vision of what church used to be, you know, being that, that center of, of society and the social aspect of it. But then also, even what it is today, a space where we can go and grow and exercise that intentional um, interaction with, with God, with Jesus, and with the scriptures. I just love that, brother. I love the way that you, uh, that you phrase that. So how did you then come here to Seattle? I mean, uh, when did you get ordained? How did, how did that process work for you and your family? So I, uh, I grew up in the church in Minnesota, Episcopal Church. My mom and dad went to church. We went to church because the family goes to church. Went to college, wasn't so sure what I thought or believed, sort of went through that period of time, graduated from college and got a job with an international relief organization called AmeriCares in New Canaan, Connecticut. Spent three years traveling around the world, um, taking medicines and medical supplies to war zones and disaster sites, sort of from the range of 1989 uh, when uh, the U.S. invaded Panama Mm -hmm. to deal with Noriega uh, to the the riots in South Central L.A. in 1992. That was the window of my involvement in international relief. I had a a girlfriend I met in college. She's now my wife, Kristen. Uh, She's a physician here in town. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided I needed a more sort of solid job, you know, where I was at home and not traveling, you know, if we were going to get married and settle down. So um, so I got a job working with an industrial manufacturing mergers and acquisitions company in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Picked up. We went to Cleveland, settled in, and started going to church, Mm -hmm. back to the Episcopal Church. And uh, just completely engaged it on my own as an adult. Like, yes. not my mom and dad's church. Not, yes. That was our church. Uh, and we would go every Sunday and invigorate it intellectually, mm-hmm. but spiritually lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along the way, after being in Cleveland for about 10 years, uh, and uh, Kristen going to medical school there and me getting an MBA while I was there, um, I felt the calling. Mm-hmm. To the priesthood and the church uh, uh, invited me into that, and so we picked up and moved to uh, seminary in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after seminary, I got a job as a, an associate pastor at All Saints Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And so we picked up and moved to Beverly Hills, California, wow. <laughs> which was not on the agenda, uh, but loved our time there because mm-hmm. uh, Southern California uh, and Beverly Hills had the same, was great training for a community that wasn't necessarily culturally Christian. And mm-hmm. so the people that came there wanted to know Jesus, right? And, and they, they were serious about that. I was there for five years mm-hmm. and then got called to come up here to Epiphany, Seattle. 
And when I came, it was sort of quiet, quiet church, healthy, but quiet, you know, maybe 100 on a Sunday, maybe a little less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have quadrupled it over the mm-hmm. years uh, and, and really created a congregation of faithful people, but also incredibly diverse, Adrian. Mm-hmm. And, and I say incredibly diverse, and when I say that, I mean, I mean we are a purple congregation. Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of pride in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I shouldn't because pride is not a great thing to do. But uh, <laughs> in, in that, it happens because of the structure of our worship. Mm-hmm. We are a liturgical church. Mm-hmm. A- and the liturgy uh, in the Episcopal Church, we uh, call our Sunday service the Eucharist. And the Eucharist in Greek means thank you. Mm-hmm. So we come every Sunday just to say thank you to God. Uh, why do we thank God? Because God gave us everything. Mm-hmm. I always say to the congregation, if you are, then God is thinking about you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because uh, uh, so, so, that's, so we have this congregation that comes together, and, uh, and the agenda is very simple at Epiphany, and, and that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus is the agenda. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus is the agenda uh, as the manifestation of the incarnational trinity— mm-hmm then we are engaging a person mm-hmm. who set the standard for how to be in divine relationship mm-hmm. because the Trinity is the perfect relationship. Yeah. Right? So so that's been a, a really sort of energizing, interesting place to be in this city, this mm-hmm. great city of Seattle. That's wonderful. You know, I was able to visit your campus uh, a few times now, I think mm-hmm. twice now, just beautiful campus right there in the Madrona neighborhood. And I just love the way that it's situated because I can see, like you're saying, I can see that diversity because in such a place, you know, folks are just, you know, walking around town, walking their dogs and, you know, getting on the bus and and all those things. I just love how um, in that neighborhood, in that space, you just really see how the church, almost the roads um, morph around it. I I just love the way that 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 even the way it's situated in that neighborhood you really see how how it it really is a, a part of 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 the place there, and uh, you know I love even what you're saying about how church can be something that's that's a little bit more in the purple area. Yeah, I yeah. think for us as even as church leaders, we want to be engaging with our with the culture, but we want to be engaging the culture as it pertains. You know, we're, we're bringing in. You know the, the wisdom, the insight, the the truth of the gospel. We're sort of mingling that with sort of humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the ways that we find all sorts of ways to break things apart. <laughs> you know, but we're bringing uh, you know the word of God and and the centrality of Jesus into that space. And I, and I think that that's important for us. I think any church that's honest would would find themselves. Um, identifying as something that's a little bit more purple. Um, In in any different way a church might have their expression of worship, there's going to be those conversations that are drawing a a difference between, you know, what what God is saying through the text of Scripture and the person of Jesus and how we live our lives and and how we can be so flawed, but we want to strive toward just living right for God. So I love that. And we have a God that, that makes it clear to us um, personally, but, uh, but also in the nature of God, God's self. So at Epiphany, we always say, uh, um, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you have a place at Epiphany. Everyone's on a spiritual journey. If you are alive 
you have been given the spark of the divine. Mm -hmm. So you're on a journey. The question is, do you have an intentional journey or do you have an accidental journey? Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you come to Epiphany, and I think when you go to most churches, you're saying, I have an intentional journey and it's going to look like this. Yeah. Within the scope of that journey, uh, we always talk about relationship being primary. That is core. Uh, and And it's core because everything's relational. Mm-hmm. starting with our God. Mm-hmm. Like our Trinitarian God is a relational God. And so everything sort of spills from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jesus uh, talks about how we maintain that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is reconciliation and forgiveness, right? Yes. And conversation and calling the community together and being accountable to one another. Yes. Those are uh, the things that we practice doing. But it's, pra- it's practice based on the foundation of a God that is love, Mm -hmm. that is connected by love, and that generates love. Mm -hmm. And so the core message that I talk about all the time, uh, which is completely inclusive, because if you are, then you are exposed to the love of God, is that love. Mm -hmm. That is key. And so I find that to be uh, something that all churches Mm -hmm. preach. I I doubt that's completely unique to us. Mm -hmm. But it is something that sometimes uh, is not uh, well... um, People don't think about it in the in the regular walk of their life, mm-hmm. and so we're there to ring that bell yeah. over and over again. Yeah, I love that. Well, if you're listening to me right now, we're po- talking with a new friend of ours, Pastor Doit of Epiphany Seattle. You can find more information about Epiphany Seattle at epiphanyseattle.org. That's epiphanyseattle.org. We're talking about so many great things that are happening at that church, and we're about to talk a little bit more about an upcoming service that you're going to want to attend as well. So we're going to be right back from this break, uh, right here on Spotlight on the Sound with our friend Pastor Doit. We'll be right back. Well, we are back talking with Pastor Doit from epiphanyseattle.org. He's talking about uh, the ways that his church has been ministering in the Madrona neighborhood since 1911. And Pastor Doit hasn't been there since 1911. However, you know, he's been a faithful minister there for 20 plus years. We have him here in the studio, and we're just talking about all the great things that are happening. They have an upcoming series that you're going to want to go to. It's their Evensong Services, starting on September 10th at 5.30 p.m., This is a a unique way that we can engage in liturgical practice, and I know that's a big word for a lot of us here, but that's just really a structured way that we can have worship and commune with God. Uh, Pastor Doit, would you share with us a little bit about what is um, Evensong? What does that mean for us? You just want to, you know, let our listeners know about uh, these services that are going to be happening. So... uh... Christianity has a lot of branches. Uh, 500 years ago during the Reformation, the uh, Church of England uh, broke off en masse uh, and became the Anglican Church. Uh, uh, That was Henry VIII. Uh, He did that probably for a lot of reasons. Uh, uh, But his daughter, Queen Elizabeth, um, and, uh, and others developed the Book of Common Prayer, and she said something super interesting. She said, I don't care what you believe. I care how you pray. And so the structure of the Anglican Church developed uh, after the Reformation into morning prayer and evening prayer. Mm-hmm. And those prayers took place at the cathedrals every single day. They still do uh, around Great Britain. Well, the, the Anglican Church grew all over the world, uh, and, uh, and the, uh, the British Empire grew all over the world, mm-hmm. and the Anglican Church followed. 
uh, and now it's you know maybe the third largest denomination worldwide. They came to the United States, of course, uh, as a colony of Great Britain after the Revolutionary War. The Anglican Church in America had a marketing problem because no one wanted to go to an Anglican church, changed the name to the Episcopal Church, and that's what we have today, Epiphany is hmm. Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. But along the way, the evening prayer turned uh, – music was added to it, mm-hmm. and it became even song. So it's really a 500-year-old tradition mm-hmm. uh, that is about a 40, 45-minute service. There mm-hmm. is no sermon. It's based on scripture mm-hmm. that is sung, including the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have a choir, uh, an even song choir that you can hear on any podcast under Even Song at Epiphany. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you come, and it's, it's sort of a bath for the soul. We pray. We say the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we, uh, the congregation sings a little bit, but mostly it is a, a mystical experience mm-hmm. where you hear sung scripture. Yeah. Uh, the, the Song of Mary mm-hmm. or the Song of Simeon from the Gospel of Luke, mm-hmm. always sung. Uh, at these services. It's part of the tradition. Mm -hmm. But over 500 years, you have a lot of different music to be set. It's choral music. Yeah. uh, And and it has this framework of prayer that we can just sit in and and be nurtured by. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you know, I think for a lot of folks, they haven't really maybe had that experience of of going to uh, really a worship service. You know, a lot of us might go to see the symphony or, Mm -hmm. you know, have those sort of, you know, we go on to see Handel's Messiah or something at Christmas time. But to actually step into a worship service, um, it just is a different sort of experience. You know, I have to confess, I subscribe to the Canterbury uh, Cathedral on YouTube, and they do live streams (laughs) of of the the services. And I always love, if I'm doing the dishes in the morning or something, I'm usually putting that on and just listening in because like you said it's 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 the spoken word of of the scriptures the psalms or maybe just the sung the sung word and and I just love uh the way that worship sort of like um is so that the scriptures are so central to what happens at these um these services and so you know for those of you out there if it kind of seems a little bit interesting you're not sure what to expect I guarantee you you are going to be blessed because these services really just help us to to hear, like like Pastor Doyd is saying, that the history, the rich history that f- that goes before us as as followers of Jesus. Maybe you're just coming to know Jesus, and you maybe you don't have a church yet, and you live in the Madrona area. You know, I think that you would be blessed to plug into this church. Again, more information you can find on epiphanyseattle.org. That's epiphanyseattle.org. There you're going to find more information about the Evensong service, and you're also going to see a schedule, a great schedule of all the great things that are happening uh, at Epiphany. Brother, it's been so great to, to talk with you about this. And, you know, I just love to, to maybe talk a little bit more about sort of the theological uh, implications of, of what it looks like to have this sort of service. You know, I came to your campus and I saw the way that it's even situated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a different sort of experience than somebody might have. So would you kind of walk us through what somebody might experience when they're coming in and, and looking at the way that the, that the space is set up? I just would love to hear from sure. you about the implications of that. So, um, you know, it's we're, as Christians, we step into a long river of, of prayer and worship, all of us. And when you step into Epiphany, uh, it is looks like a church, stained glass windows, cross on the wall, pews on the ground. It's it's um, uh, 
high ceilings. Uh, and when you walk into an even song service, there's candles up and down uh, at the end of the pews and candle lit up front. And in a sense, it is stepping into a space that is be- beyond the personality of any particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're stepping into this river of worship uh, that connects you to all of these people that are worshiping all over the world and have done it for a very long time. So mm-hmm. you, you sort of snuggle into your pew in a sense and you have a bulletin. You can use it or not. Mm-hmm. You stand, you sit, you kneel. There's incense mm-hmm. in the air. And it, it gives just a, a, a feeling of kairos time, mm-hmm. right? a different sense of time. And and we 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 wash in that. We touch the souls that have worshipped before us uh, in that space. We we do come to it from our own context, right? If we're not familiar with the Holy Scripture that's being read, you can just sort of wonder what it means in those words mm-hmm. to you at any given moment in time. Or if you're completely familiar with the text, then you can draw the story out mm-hmm. in your own mind. Almost the entire service, however it's structured, is from Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's true with our, our Sunday morning service as well. Um, you know, we built our prayer life around Scripture uh, that, that comes to us in the form of colics or comes to us in the form of uh, the Psalms or, or whatnot. But it's Scripture-soaked, mm-hmm. even song is, but it's also done so with, through this choral music that Let your mind wander in wonderful ways. Yes. And I love the way that even when you go into, when I live stream the the cathedral, you know, Mm -hmm. I love how the the choirs are are facing one another. You know, you might have a choir director in the middle, usually facing away. Mm -hmm. But there really is something about even the structure that is focused on um, a time of meditation and and concentrating on on who God is. And the text of Scripture itself. So I love that, brother. It's yeah. been such a pleasure to, to have you here on Spotlight on the Sound. You know, it's been a humongous blessing. I know that our listeners are going to be blessed when they come uh, to visit you out there at Epiphany Seattle. Again, if you're listening to me right now, epiphanyseattle.org. That's epiphanyseattle.org. You're going to want to check out these Evensong services starting up on September 10th at 5.30 p.m. That's every every week. So you're definitely not going to want to miss that. And even afterward, they're going to have a reception. So, you know, come and enjoy that worship time and then stay for fellowship because that's such a core thing of us for us as followers of mm-hmm. Jesus. We don't want to be living our lives secluded. We, we live together in community. And, uh, you know, it's been such a pleasure, brother, to have you here in the studio, you know, talking about these upcoming uh, wonderful worship services. And I do really pray that our listeners in that uh, neighborhood in Madrona are going to come out and, and meet you in person and uh, say hi. Adrian, thank you. This has been a real pleasure. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much again for listening to Spotlight on the Sound. This is Adrian Tejirina, Director of Local Ministry. If you have any more questions about Epiphany Seattle, you can always go to epiphanyseattle.org. That's epiphanyseattle.org or call the number 206-324-2573. That's 206-324-2573. You can find out more information about this great congregation, Pastor Doit, and everything that you need to know about this different tradition that maybe you're not used to, but I know is going to bless you as you want to engage with God in maybe a different way. So thanks so much for listening in, and we'll see you later.